0: But I'm gonna to go to the gym right after this because I know it's gonna make me better if I just stick with it. I keep showing up. I keep showing up every day. Every day. I'm consistent. I will hit my fitness goals. I will look sexy as fuck naked. And that's the, the goal here at the end of the day. Who cares if Bigfoot and UFOs are real? As long as my girlfriend looks at my abs and goes, I wanna fuck that man, I'm good, right? I'm good. I, I, I got love for the game. For the game. We are rolling. I literally just said, let's let's just go. Let's just roll. Let's just hit the record button. And Chris just goes, yeah, let's just fuck. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, because I heard you say, yeah, let's just fuck it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's just fuck it. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. So, a couple big updates. First off, the Chiefs are back in red. Uh, the Chiefs are back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw there was a thing, uh, a coverage about, like, them kneelings with the – they were playing up against – Oh, man, I'm bad with the Texans. The Texans.
0: They were playing the Texans. The horns.
1: And what did you hear? Uh, That they knelt together or something like that?
0: Yeah, before the game, it was really weird. I didn't know if I liked it because what they did was, you know, they did the pregame warm-ups. They're, like, hyping up the competition. They're, like, Deshaun Jackson. Or I hope that's his last name. Deshaun Watson. Watson. Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for the Texans. He got the second biggest contract in NFL history, I believe, right after Patrick Mahomes, who just got a 12-year extension worth half a billion dollars with a B. And um, so that was the biggest sports history contract ever. And so yeah, he's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Deshaun Watson just got another just got a contract extension. Also very lucrative. And so they're hyping up the competition. First game of the season could be big. The Texans were up 24 to zero when the Chiefs made an amazing comeback last postseason in the playoffs. And right before the game, right before they're about to play. They said, let's all line up in the middle of the field. And it was mixed reactions because, yes, it was a good gesture. Yes, it was cool. You had Deshaun Watson linking arms with Patrick Mahomes, and the whole teams were just linking arms end zone to end zone. And it was kind of cool, but it was mixed reactions because you get all these people in a let's fucking beat their asses type of mood, and then you're like, let's all sing kumbaya first. It doesn't work. And I, I liked the gesture. I liked the message. Do I like the timing of it? No. Let's go to fucking play some football. Let's go. Get distracted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that maybe that was the Chiefs' strategy was just like get them all singing kumbaya, make them think we're friends, and then we stomp on their throat and and put the smack down. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did.
1: Yeah. And I know you were watching like a lot of pregame just like the analytics, the sports commentators. And some I noticed – Was I felt like a lot of them wanted the fucking Chiefs to lose or something. Why? Or it just seemed like a lot of them were were talking about how, like, it was just a lucky kind of win at the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Like, it it really felt like the commentators were kind of not attacking them, but definitely just like, oh, yeah, that was just a one-time thing. Like, it's not going to happen again.
0: Hey, I like being underestimated. Like Tim Tebow, I like being the underdog, but here's the thing. The Chiefs have never been the underdog, but everybody talks about them like the, the underdog because they haven't won a Super Bowl for 50 years, and then 2020 changes everything. But then they want to de- start deconstructing their Super Bowl win and say, well, it only happened because of this, and it only happened because of this. Bro, we are back at it. Patrick Mahomes is the Michael Jordan of football in today's era, and I'm not trying to hype this up just because I'm a Chiefs fan, have been for my whole life. I'm just saying people are sleeping on the Chiefs, and they're trying to find reasons to sleep on the Chiefs, and that's what happens when you number one. Everybody's got a bullseye on your back, and even the analysts, guys, stop talking like they ain't all that. They all that. <laughs> give them the credit. Give them credit where credit is too, because the more you give them The more you try to not give them credit, the more you try to discount all the little things that they do really well, the more you try to hype up everybody else talking about how they're going to take them off, bro, you're just going to motivate them even more. They're going to be around for even longer, which, you know what? This is America's new team. The Chiefs have outdone the Cowboys as America's new team, right? Center of the nation. The Chiefs is an Indian reference. The Indians were here before the settlers. And we're getting, we're paying homage to that, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Are not they changing
1: their, their mascot or they better not? They better I, not. Isn't it they're the, the ones Skins. with the Redskins? The Redskins oh. changed. Oh on
0: Madden, if you go into the looking at the team's names, the Redskins are now fucking like Washington football team. Like that's what it says. It's so fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh but I don't know. And I like the I like the color red. As a as a theme color, but raw dating advice we black and white right now. We keeping it simple. We keeping it smooth. We keeping it classic. We keeping it apple. You know,
1: yeah, just simplistic. Simplistic. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's something you say when you know you do your homework last minute. Yeah. <laughs> just see, what is this shit? Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication.
0: For real, I. School. Things. Words. I'm blank right now. (laughs) it's okay
1: i'm kind of blank too
0: it's one of those days i woke up i was like oh shit it feels like 4 p.m uh and i roll over and i grab kate's boob and then she wakes up and looks at the clock and it's only 10 a.m i'm like oh shoot i got at least another six hours of sleep then okay it's a good day but then i wake up and i'm just going half speed and literally kate goes to a dentist appointment and i'm sitting here kate texts me because i can get texted to my computer and she goes yo you can get a free burger at the burger joint across the street. I happen to love the burger joint across the street. Shout out Jackalope Gastro Pub, brand new place. COVID pop, popped this weed out of the out of the ground and they have dope ass burgers and apparently our building gets free burgers sometimes. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go get, get myself a free badass burger, but I'm going to get my phone real quick because, you know, you can't leave without your phone. I'm basically a walking Android and this phone is connected to me. I got to be able to access other dimensions and the rest of the world with the touch of a finger on this little screen that is me. You know, it's my phone. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it for fucking hours. I was like, where is my phone. I looked literally everywhere, top to bottom. I looked in this room. I looked in that room. I looked outside. I looked in that room and in that room. I looked in the refrigerator. I looked in the trash can. I looked everywhere. I could not find this thing. And then I Facetime you off my computer. I said, hey, let's podcast if I can't find my phone. You said, all right, let's come. I'll come over. And then I Facetime Kate. I'm like, Kate, can't find my phone. She goes, I'm going to find it as soon as I get home. She gets home. We're getting ready to podcast. Two minutes after she starts looking, she finds my fucking phone. It was on my bed under my pillow. And this is when I had the biggest moment of
1: realization in my life. I need to stop smoking weed.
0: It has made me lose things
1: a lot. I thought you were going to say that your phone was interdimensional and it was out over there exploring different dimensions with different galaxies, having a venture of its own. And then it just appeared when Kate got home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lying about the smoking weed part. I didn't lose it because I was high. <laughs>
0: I was actually not
1: high at all. I just didn't know it's what. to It's because say. you weren't high that you lost it.
0: If I was high, I'd probably be like the guy. Words, I lost it. The guy from The Hangover, you know. Uh, which
1: I mean, there's many guys. Oh,
0: he's like trying to count cards, and the numbers and the equations are floating across the screen. I would, I would triangulate the location of my phone in an instant. You know, it's interesting. Joe Rogan says he likes to get high, really high because it, it keeps him grounded. It keeps him centered. He, he, the part he likes the most about it is that he likes how it makes him paranoid. And he feels like it's a healthy level of paranoia for him. Like it really? keeps him on his toes and he likes that. And he also likes getting so high to where he thinks he's going to die. And then coming down from that. Cause he's like, I'm not gonna die. Life's great. Everything feels good. Damn. You know? Have you
1: ever gotten that like that that high where you thought you were gonna die or just yeah? So,
0: <laughs> so about a week ago, I'm sitting here. I'm about to get some work done. Chris is here. We get work done. We get work done all day, every day, pretty much seven days a week. And literally, I eat. Just half a chocolate bar of an edible. I'm like, it's one of those days. i got my workout in. I'm feeling good. I know what I'm going to do today. I'm going to just bang out this work. Oh, by the way, may- maybe take an edible at the same time and, and try to feel some type of way. I, I rarely take edibles, so I- I've-, I've not gotten the dosage perfect and I don't even know if I've ever done a perfect dosage to where I had a positive experience on edibles. I'm mm-hmm. either not feeling it at all or I'm hella feeling it. And that day, 15 minutes. Normally, it takes three hours for it to kick in, for, for me at least, personally. 15 minutes after I eat half a chocolate bar, which is probably not what – I've definitely had more than that in the past. I was – blasted. I was so blasted. I didn't think I was going to be able to function. All I had to do that day, at least that part of the day, I was just trying to render out a fucking file. It's like hitting save on a Word document. And I just had to save five different things. It's like I had to render out five videos. And all I had to do was put the title and click save. I did one. And I after one, it took me about 10, 15 minutes. I was like, oh, that was hard. All right take a break real quick (laughs) (laughs) and i take a break and then i just realize i am really high right now and then i hit render on the second video and i was like oh god that was so much work (sighs) all right take a break take a breather (laughs) and i realized after getting all that done and it took me a while maybe like an hour to save five videos i was like chris you might have to go home cuz I think I just got to sleep this out. I literally felt like I didn't know if I was going to make it. <laughs> like you just I, you were like I might close my eyes and I might just never wake up. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a, a certain level of paranoia, but part of it was like <sighs> It's almost like if you know like an an impact is coming, like something's about to punch you in the face and you're like bracing for it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was bracing for it. And so it was like a constant like tightness in my chest where I'm like <sighs> it's gonna come is it gonna get worse i'm really high right now am i gonna get more high you know did you get start sweating i don't think i was sweating but i just didn't feel good i didn't like somewhere in here i just didn't it's like when you stay up for too long and you've been up for 48 hours straight and you haven't slept yet and you start to feel bad Mm -hmm. it was kind of like that interesting is that normal when you take too much edible
1: I don't know. I remember one time I was smoking and I got really high. Yeah. And I had a at this time I was going through HTC, the online program, Mm -hmm. and they had one of the classes and I was listening to it. And like I was just smoking. So like I wasn't really listening to it. And then I just heard the dude yell and I thought they were yelling at me for smoking. I (laughs) thought like my mic was on or something. Yeah. And I, I remember feeling this overwhelming, like just anxiety of of panic attack. I'm like, oh, shit, is my mic on? And I just started freaking out and it got so intense and I hopped it up so much in my head that I just had to go to sleep uh, and I was like I was sweating bullets I was like just feeling hot I was breathing hard I was like ah, ah, my life's this over this is like an
0: HGC coaching call yeah okay. and, and I was
1: just tripping the fuck out I was just there yeah. high, and I just slept it off and then I was fine
0: and you thought they were gonna kick you out because you were getting Yeah. High. <laughs> yeah <laughs> They're like, we no longer accept your money because you're a, you're a closer who got high.
1: Exactly. I was just like, fuck my life's over.
0: Dude, this, this whole thing blows my mind, um, about weed being so, so taboo. Like just my own life going through that, like the first 25 years of my life, I was anti weed. Like I just, my friends did it. I wasn't against them doing it. Um, I didn't necessarily support them by any means, but I wasn't against it. I was just like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. I wasn't going to do it, though. And the reason I always told myself, the reason why I always said no when people were around me doing it was, well, first off, internally, I thought it was bad. I literally had a military general who my mom worked at the that office. It was like a military office, and I'd be the kid running around the office. He looked at me one day when I was like in middle school, and he said, if I ever find out you've smoked weed come after you. (laughs) And I was like, yo, that shit must be real bad. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And everybody, you know, dare and just say no to drugs, you know, and it's a gateway drug to all the ones that can can kill you. And they make it seem like it's such a bad thing. And then literally, literally, I'm 24, 25. I'm like, I can't smoke weed because I kind of want to get a military scholarship to go to medical school or dental school. And what if they drug test me? Well, long story short, I don't do the military scholarship and I just go straight to dental school. I go to dental school. I literally take in a couple gummy bears. I eat a couple gummy bears on the way because my buddy had to stop he wanted to stop in Denver where that was the only place it was legal at the time um, on the way to Arizona so we get i get this thing full of gummy bears and i had to f- eat a few of them didn't really feel it i think i just fell asleep before it kicked in but i was paranoid because i was like what if they drug test me in dental school and then i dropped out of dental school to become a dating coach and then i was like you know what fuck it <laughs> <laughs> you know i can't fire myself from this job so then i do it just a little bit i hit i started out with uh, a vape cartridge it was my roommate's and I hit it once a night for a couple weeks, just this experiment. Just one small hit, and I'm feeling good, right? And then once you start to get control over your high, I'm like, I get it, I understand. Because before, when you get high for the first time or the first couple times you're high, especially if you've internally got this negative stigma about it, one, you're beating yourself up because you gave in. You gave in to the fucking thing where they said, just say no. They ingrained it into your fucking brain. And then you're paranoid and you you feel like it's controlling you. You're out of control. Mm-hmm. You find things funny that you wouldn't normally find funny. You're laughing at everything. You're really hungry. You're eating a lot of junk food. Even if you eat healthy, you're like, I really want some cheez-its right now. Right. It's like a bottomless pit. It's a bottomless pit. And you're like, this is I can't, I can never do this again. And I've talked to people like that dude, perfectly fine. That was my experience too. But then I gave it a chance and I did it in moderation just to test it out. And what I found and what made me really start to appreciate it and where it's it's interesting because the more further up I go in entrepreneurship, I realize there's a a lot of high level entrepreneurs who have had the same exact experience and swear by it. I wouldn't necessarily swear by it. Do what you want. This just works for me. At least it has lately. But what I found when I started experimenting and giving it the good old-fashioned try, right? I I realized that if I work all day, I'm in this logical headspace. I'm looking at this computer screen. I'm writing emails. I'm on coaching calls. I'm writing a fucking book. I'm writing a sales letter. I'm going out meeting women. Whatever it is that I'm working on, it's all kind of this collaborative effort to build this empire that is hashtag raw dating advice, right? And so while I'm doing that, if I want to check out for the day and I need to mentally just like let go so I can rest, um, my mind doesn't do that very easily. I'm always thinking I'm always working. It's very hard for me to hang out with people and not talk about work lately. I've become better at it. So it kind of, an, I see, I, I understand when other people are doing that to me and all they do is talk about work and I just let them indulge. Cause I know that's what I want sometimes, mm-hmm. but when I get high all the things, all the fires that I was trying to pull put out, entrepreneurial fires, the fires of owning a business, the fires of having clients and whatnot, you have fires popping up every single day. And you're trying to solve, find creative solutions to all these things and still grow the business, right? And this applies to everything. If I check out and I say, I'm, I'm going to stop working, I'm going to take my mind off of it, or maybe I'll start working, but to take help take my mind off of it and kind of transition out for the day and go to bed and have a peaceful sleep... I'll hit I'll hit the vape pen once. And doing that literally instantly changed my brain, like my state. It's kind of like when you get up and you all of a sudden start jumping up and down, you feel more energized, especially if you were tired before you got up and you change your state. And Tony Robbins says, you change your state, you know, you can change your life, right? And so you change your state. The weed instantly changed my state. And for me, it was like if I'm looking at the first the front side of the moon. And that's like the 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 canvas I have to solve problems. It's now it's like now I'm seeing the opposite side of the moon. I'm seeing the dark side that nobody else sees. And now I'm seeing creative solutions to the same problems I was looking at all day, but from the, from another angle. And I'm thinking of solutions and things that I would have never thought about. And it's crazy because even Joe Rogan was saying this early, early uh, a couple months ago or whatever. He was like, "Yo." Um, uh, that first hour after you smoke weed for the first time that day, that's like where the universe is literally just zapping ideas. And you're like, I don't know where that came from. I I relate to that. And I've, it's, it's amazing how many entrepreneurs and high level business people that I've heard reflect similar experiences. Um, and I I don't want to name any names because I don't know if some of these people even know, people
1: know that they smoke a lot, but if, you, if they want that information out.
0: Yeah. And what's crazy is one of my buddies, he was actually on the podcast, Daniel Quran, who has this clothing company. And I've even paid him for coaching, just mindset coaching myself. And literally I was telling him about this. He goes, yeah, but you just have to have respect for the medicine. He goes, if you lose respect for it, that's where it starts to take over your life in negative ways. That's where you start to, you know, feel like you're dying when you can't render out videos because you just get really baked at the beginning of the day, right? So I have to have respect for it. And that's where I can have those creative solutions. Damn.
1: Yeah. I, I felt like, I feel like now I don't, I, I was, because I was in a point in my life when I first started off very similar to you where it was just like first time ever getting high. I was like at my friend's house, he had a, a big old fish tank. And I thought, I really thought the goldfish was speaking dubstep. Because <laughs> I was listening to my music And like it was just wub, 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 With the music And I was like oh shit I get you bro yeah. I get you And then after that I was just like Slowly started getting into it And I was like testing it I was like mm, What if I would do this During the day And get a little bit more 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 And it was kind of fun But now It's like for me I, I like to chase That state That same kind of like Because weed for me What it did back then Was like really get, get me out Got me out of my bubble And I was like, yo, if I could do this while I'm high, I could definitely do this while I'm sober. So for me, it was just more or less just like a self-internal thing of just get doing it while proving that I can to myself. Yeah. So
0: for you, I feel like you've taken a a big step back from smoking or even. Yeah. Well, well, what was the reason for that?
1: I don't know. I I feel like low key. It was like with that HTC experience after that, like it just subconsciously was just like in my head, it's like went back to that point of like, oh, it's bad. That's where I feel like the negative association with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, cause like now I hardly ever. And then even that I, I, even lately, like I've been hesitant to try shrooms or stuff like that. Cause it's like, oh man, I haven't done it in a while. How is it going to, you know, how is it going to feel now that I go back into it? And, but I, th- but I always like, I always, sometimes I always get like that, that feeling. Before going into it, but I always know after. It's just like what you were saying after the trip, at least with shrooms or whatever, you get this different perspective. It's really interesting because you get all these different answers, like that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Mm. But at the end of the day, it does come down to like that respect, just knowing yourself, knowing your headspace, and being responsible with it. Obviously, don't don't be dumb with it.
0: Yeah, have respect for the medicine that it is, and for me. Maybe it's an anxiety thing. There's definitely been a couple of times where I had a really bad bout of anxiety one day. Chris was here even recently where I had one and I just, I needed to smoke a joint and <laughs> like that was the only thing that did it. Like, and I, I literally had to go to the dispensary just to get it, you know, cause uh, I was, I didn't, I was trying to cut back. But so for me, it definitely helps with anxiety when I have it. Like, cause I don't know if you noticed, but as soon as I smoked that joint, I was like, good. You know, and I went from here back down to ground, ground zero. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, personally, at this point in my head, I just don't think of weed as like a bad thing. I just think of it as it is what it is. It's like taking a supplement for me at this point. It's like I do it for a reason and that reason supports the mission and the empire I'm trying to build. But other than that. Yeah, it's fun in a social setting, but that's not my life. My life doesn't revolve around me just getting high all day, mm-hmm. right? And even when I find myself getting high a lot, I, I really try to take a step back and go, yo, let's get some control over this. What are you doing with your life, right?
1: Yeah. And then that's, isn't that, is that why kind of you stopped like for a cool minute? Yeah. Well, you just, I, I wouldn't even say you, you had a problem, honestly. It was just like, you just notice that you were just doing it a lot and you just want to do it right. Yeah. Cut back. I mean, it's very,
0: my life is very simple. I have one goal. I want to be the number one dating coach in the world. And I want to do that via my company, raw dating advice. And if something is in my life, that's either not supporting that or is contradicting that. I just don't pay attention to it. I don't give it any shine time. And, And for me, I don't even try I don't even care enough if other people want that for them or for me I just want people who are ambitious and strive for greatness around me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so for me, if I if it smokes, if smoking weed is good for me, I have no personal ego vendetta on making sure that you also smoke weed or all my friends smoke weed. They, I, I'm not shouting from the mountaintops. You have to do this, right? I'm not like one of those fucking far right or far left, just people just spouting my opinions. The so right or wrong is just that's what's working for you. It's what's working for me. Right, the podcast. Even technically, I'm here spouting my opinions into my podcast, but it's my podcast, and this podcast is is yes, it's for the viewers, but it's also for me because it's something that I felt called to do. And how does it support the mission? I mean, I talk about this all the time. Other than that, I got blinders on. I'm a fucking I'm a fucking race horse on the racetrack with the fucking blinders on, and all I can see is just the fucking finish line. That's me. That's all I'm doing. Right. And so for me, weed is. No more and no less than just a tool I use. That's it.
1: That was beautifully put. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was like a poem to
0: weed. <laughs> a poem to weed. My, my handwritten letter to weed. Weed might put me in the friend zone.
1: Yo, that'd be Damn. a banger of a song. Weed put me in the friend zone. <laughs> That's the next step for Rob Dating Advice, just to get into that mixtape and just diss the friend zone.
0: Diss the friend zone. Yo, if I made like a music video that pitched my book... This in the friend zone? That'd be fun. <laughs> that would be. I could probably get Jay Mitch on on the on the track. On Bro, the at beat. that
1: point, that's when you know it's it he just kills it. He's yeah. gonna fucking go off.
0: Dude, do you know any person people in your own life who like maybe in high school were like rappers and they're still trying
1: to be rappers? Uh I know a kid, didn't really know him personally, but he went to my high school and he tried to do the rap thing. Mm. Yeah. It was I mean, from an outsider's perspective, you know, I, hey, he was trying, you know. I don't think he necessarily made it. I haven't seen any new music from him. Yeah. But, but yeah. At what point do you say, no matter what your goal
0: is, I've made it or I haven't made it and I should move on? I, at what point do you say I have failed? Like, because mm. the reason I ask this is because in my head, raw dating advice was never going to fail. It, it was just not a thing that was going to happen. It was going to happen whether it took one year or 10 years, you know.
1: That's a good question. And I feel like that's just a, an answer that only you kind of have the answer to, you know. Mm. You got to ask yourself like. Because I feel like there's a difference between uh, not knowing what to do and you just kind of going in that direction. Yeah. Versus you saying like a decision from the very beginning, like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to say I'm going to do it. And not only that, but I'm going to go out and just fucking kill it. Just doing no matter what it takes, Mm. you know?
0: Yeah. No matter what it takes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I guess the reason also part of the reason I asked that is because like, I just, I never want to be the guy who meets someone who, for example, says I'm a rapper and I go, Oh, Interesting. And then if he doesn't hit success, I go, yeah, he failed. And then, like, I don't want to discourage people's dreams. You know yeah, what
1: and I feel like uh, the, the biggest thing um, I've been I just kind of put into perspective is, like, you only – it's, like, the obstacles that you face. That's really going to determine if you want it or if you're just – you just say you want it. Because mm. if you do want it, you're going to do whatever it takes to overcome. And the way I look at obstacles – uh, no matter what I'm facing is always like, oh, this is a challenge. I get over this. I get closer to my goal. So that that's kind of like how I look at it. And it's just more or less of like, well, this is just testing me. Do I want it?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, I feel like that that's ultimately like if you stop after one hiccup. Then were you really serious about it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess the thing that keeps popping on my head right now is the conversation that you had you and I had last night with a friend of mine, Z, who's trying to make it in the rap game. See, that's a guy who he's obviously pursuing his dream, but when he describes to me kind of like how he's going to go about doing it or even, and I don't even need a concrete plan, but just say something to me that makes sense. And most of the stuff that he says doesn't make sense to me. But also at the same time, I don't feel like he's putting out music and he's not putting any effort into getting the music heard that he does put out. But he says to people, he wants to win a Grammy. If he was in a room with Kanye, Kanye would be coming to him. Things like this. But at what point do you tell someone like that, yo, your music is not vibing with me, and I feel like it would probably vibe with me if it did this. But I also don't think he's also open to any feedback, and I don't want to ever give unsolicited advice. So at what point do you say, yo, you should either change your strategy or change your fucking goal? Or do you just be a supportive fucking person, right? That's mm. kind of the moral dilemma
1: here for me, too. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think it, it is true, like, that unsolicited advice would just kind of, like, I don't know. Even though you're coming from the right place, he's not necessarily asking for help. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> that That's where it gets kind of tough, and you just got to—that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: What's your honest opinion on, on all this law of attraction stuff? Because we were just watching a podcast um, before we started this one, uh, where a guy was talking about law of attraction. My buddy Clark, who's been on the podcast, very big on law of attraction. And I've talked about it a number of times, but I've never, I don't know if I've ever asked you about mm. it. Maybe I haven't. We've talked about like universe and energy and stuff, but like specifically, do you try to
1: manifest your goals? Man, I haven't lately. I've on, honestly, like, after working with that Law of Attraction coach, mm. it really left a sour taste in you my mouth. You had a
0: coach about Law of Attraction? Yeah, what with Bob
1: Proctor. Um, oh, I was yeah. working for him. Yeah. Um, Just seeing how a lot of them in the space, like, I do think that what they teach is, like, it's good advice if you take it. But also, you got to look at who's, who's kind of taught, who's teaching it, you know? Because as far as that coach went, he was pretty lazy. And, like he would he he wouldn't really even coach like you would ask him about like certain uh a specific situation going on in your life and he'd be like oh go go to the training go to the material mm. and he'd be like oh you know read this quote a couple times a day the answer will come to you <laughs> and it's like at what point does that become like is it are you just lazy and not don't know what you're talking about yeah. versus like you know someone who's actually been through it who actually uses it
0: here's what i think i think if um I think law of attraction would not exist if it wasn't for capitalism, because now mm. I can monetize not doing damn a damn thing. I don't have to know anything, but I can tell you I'm a fucking coach who teaches life coaching and law of attraction, and I can be like, "Yeah, just read this quote, write down your goals, tell me what you want, say it to yourself every day." And those are good things. I'm not saying they're bad yeah. things. Yeah. But like you said, was he a real coach? was what has he created in his life to be earn that role did it, he did he, he just do he
1: just paid money to be in the program like so it's like an affiliate essentially you become an affiliate once you pay your you know your your fine your dues uh, you're an affiliate so this was legitimately a nobody giving advice
0: taking in money and not doing anything
1: yeah okay legitimate and Damn. that's that's where it's like ah uh, like and uh, it, the 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 fact that he was one of the top the top affiliates he was, like, in the inner circle and had the top sales or whatever. Yeah. Just goes to show, like, kind of like, oh, if he's at the top, what does it really take to get there? Yeah. You know, and it's, and a lot of these people, they seem to, like, just be mimicking that one person, you know? Yeah. And so it that's where I kind of, I'm just like, uh, I, I won't personally buy or try to get a coach. Yeah. But definitely, does the stuff work? It does. Like, what they teach does help.
0: Do you remember Clark was saying he was like pissed off about all these Instagram influencers who are also now coaches about business, but they've never had a successful business themselves? I totally relate with that. And like even back in the day before I became a dating coach or at least a successful one, I was heavily going out. I was heavily journaling what I did. I was heavily studying everything I could. And I don't just say that to make myself sound good. I say that because I didn't want to be the guy who had to just make myself sound good by saying all these things that people say when they have done those things. Right. I wanted to actually have good game. And I think that's because uh, because of that ambition to like like my goal was not to be uh, obviously I want to be the number one dating coach, but I wanted to be known for that because my shit was actually that good. I didn't want to be the guy who just parroted shit and said stuff on the internet that sounded good. You know, that's the guy who's like, if you can just be yourself and be confident and make women laugh, then you have the keys to getting any girl. That's bullshit, you know? Shut the fuck up. That's such stupid advice, you know? Um, But if you give them... Here's what you say, and here's why you say it, and here's why she's gonna respond that way. Oh, and by the way, when I did this and I hit this situation, I did it this way. And there's this nuanced way to do it. And there's this. And if I can know things on that type of level where I specifically tell you what to do to get you the result in a specific situation, that's the shit that really separates. And that's why Raw Danny Vice is making waves and people are yes. following what we're doing.
1: Hundred percent. And I think it just speaks for itself. Like that's the biggest thing. It speaks for itself because like. What you just said there, if they, you go up to a coach that knows nothing, they'll give you very broad advice, but you know, the person's real is when you give them like a specific situation and they kind of guide you through it and they have advice that actually works Mm. and that you could actually implement, not just, Oh yeah, just read this and you'll find the answer on your own. You you know? So it's just like, uh,
0: yeah. I, I even caught myself doing that a little bit to where I would be on the phone with a guy Um, in one-on-one Skype coaching. And this is part of the reason why I don't do Skype coaching anymore, because every time I got on a phone call with a one-on-one client, every time it was the same conversation. Every time. Why? Because I'd tell him what to do. And guess what? He didn't go out and fucking do it. And so I found myself starting to one dread one-on-one phone coaching calls. And two, when I got on the phone, sometimes I'd be want to be like, Oh, that's that's the issue you're having you realize I have an entire book written about that. Have you, when's the last time you even opened that book? And I felt bad as a coach on the phone going, yo, read this chapter. And I started realizing they don't pay me to tell him what chapter to read. They pay me because they don't want to read the fucking chapter. They pay me because he doesn't want to figure out the fucking goals himself. He wants you to give him the guidance, right? And that was a, one of the biggest things I learned personally mm. from phone coaching early on. And now I'm like, what can I do to give this guy everything he fucking needs in the time we have today? Um, and that's why now I do like the small group coaching calls, too, because it's it's a lot better because now you're getting everybody's experiences and everybody's chiming in and it's super collaborative. Fucking love that shit. It's way it's a more conversation. Efficient. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's also why I like the in-person stuff, you know? What kind of a fucking event would it be? A law of attraction, dude. If he, people came to his event, just like people came to my event, paid thousands of dollars to be there each, and he's like, okay, read chapter one, read chapter two. <laughs> they don't fucking do that shit. <laughs> How many oh, people man. would be so pissed if they came to my event? And I was like, okay, I'm going to play uh, module one from my program, and then we're just going to we're just gonna watch all of these programs today, and then you can go out do it. right." It they come like to workshop. me for that fucking in-person learning experience. If they wanted to watch a video, they'll watch it from fucking home. They'll read the fucking journal from home. You come to the in-person shit. You get direct access to the coach for the better, more personalized advice so you don't have to do the work yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm just going out on a rant.
1: Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, though, I am grateful for that experience because yeah. it's like now I know a little bit more of what to look for. And that experience really pushed me of just like getting frustrated and fed up with like, okay, I'm doing this, but nothing's happening. And it's like, and then that's when it hit me that I need to be doing like just taking action, whether it's like, I don't know, I don't if I, I think I want to do this. All right, let me go do it. Let me throw myself in the water. And it ultimately led up, led me up to this point where I'm at now, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, I'm, I'm grateful for that experience, mm. you know, no matter if, if this sounds like it, I'm bashing it or whatever, but I'm happy it happened. Yeah.
0: So would you say it seems like you've had a lot of experiences like the weed, you 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 thought people were gonna kick you out of that that mastermind group because you got high, um, so you kind of st- took a step back from that law of attraction. You kind of took a step back because of that experience. Um, so then, what do you look for or like? What what do you kind of consume today these days? Uh, like as far as what, um, personal development, training, anything, anything mm. to make yourself better.
1: Ah, uh, a really big one is yeah. Andy Fursella. Yeah, like his because I feel, dude, like now just looking, just hearing his podcast and stuff. He really knows what you're what he's talking about. Mm. And he's like running an actual business just like he's you. From Missouri. Yeah, he's from Missouri. Yeah, Midwest. They, they have like uh, I haven't seen his new. Um, what was it? Warehouse. But supposedly it's really badass. Mm. But like people like him, that's someone I really follow. And honestly, I kind of look up to because it's like. He's not telling you to just like, you know, pray and meditate for 30 minutes. He's like, no, you know what you got to do. And like he gives you action steps you can follow. Yeah. So that that's really someone that I feel like has for me, I look in I look up to in in terms of mindset.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, one of the things that can kind of uh, separate people who are legit from the people who are just talkers is what they say. One makes sense, and two, there's action steps with it, and three, it's specific, and four, they probably have experiences that they can call upon to mm-hmm. help you understand what they're talking about even more, right? If you are lacking one or two or three or even all four of those, this person's full of shit. They're, they don't listen to anything they say. Um, probably don't even be in conversation with them, right? Because they're they're just bullshitting you. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's, that's my rant about fake goobroos. Uh, what else can we talk about today? God, Don't I feel know. like this is a fucking, man, these episodes are slowing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just when we have like, I feel like the next week is going to be good.
0: Yeah, we got like three or four guests coming on next week. Yeah. Yeah, one guy I want to get on is the Travis Walton dude. Um,
1: I've told you, Travis, have I told you Travis Walton story yet? Uh, a little bit, yeah. You give me like a brief summary.
0: Yeah, I would love to have this guy on, but basically, um, and, and bare minimum, even if I can't get him on because he's a little bit older and, but he's in the Phoenix area. Blew my mind when I heard this because I've talked about UFOs a lot on this on this show and this channel already, and his story fascinated me because I never really paid a lot of attention to the whole UFO conspiracy, uh, specifically when it goes to abduction cases because if a guy's like, yeah, I was abducted by aliens. It's like, okay, dude, well, where's the proof? Most people are going to call him crazy, but I would like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I go, okay, show me some proof. Give me something that I can work with here. Right. And, uh, him, what blew my mind about it was he wasn't the first person to say it. He said it after his friends who witnessed him get abducted, thought he was dead, reported him, as this crazy experience happening, they all had the same story. They were all under lie detectors and the news started saying these guys clearly murdered their friend Travis in the woods. Five days later, Travis comes crawling out of the woods like he hasn't eaten or drinking anything for five days. He's frail. He has no memory. Uh, He, he doesn't know how he ended up where he is, but he does remember being on a ship. He does remember getting abducted and his recollection recollection of what he saw is kind of fucking eerie and mind-blowing. And that's where it gets me because his buddies, his friends, they weren't even his friends. They were his co-workers. Literally were about to go to jail for murder because of this. And then he comes out of the fucking woodwork and corroborates the story that they had and each individually uh, on lie detectors all have the same story and none of them were, were lying according to the lie detectors. Now, yes, you could lie on a lie detector test and have it show up as not lying. But five people, the same exact details, the same story, willing to risk potentially going to jail for this shit. Um, I don't know, there's a lot there to it. I don't know if there's any physical proof, but the crazy part is I live in Phoenix, Arizona right now, and this happened in Arizona. And so I'm, tell- I'm trying to tell Clark, um, even anybody who's down, how dope would it be if we went to that fucking spot in that fucking wooded area, that forest where they were working um, and just camped out there, you know, dude, that sounds like fun. That does sound fun. And then someone gets abducted. We all see it. He comes back a few days later. Yo, that's the best five day vacation ever. Exactly. <laughs> Would you ever want to be abducted by aliens?
1: Uh, no, I like I like I like keeping my butthole just <laughs> out of the equation. Yeah, I don't want to get probed. Yeah. Are you even curious about that shit? Because I talk about
0: it a lot. But what's your whole take on that? Like,
1: Honestly, after you brought it up, I've been more curious. Mm-hmm. And it, I just find it fascinating. Yeah. And now, every now and then, I want to see something in the sky. I just sometimes just look up. I'm like, bro, yeah. I want to see something.
0: Yeah. Dude, Brian has been... Brian, who's been on the show a couple times, he, he's been saying some sh- stuff lately. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel about it. Because one time... We're driving back. Uh, It's just a group, uh, like it's like me, Clark, Brian, and Bridger. We're in a car. We're driving back from like um, something. I think we went to like get wings or something. And literally, Brian's like, "Yo, I want to see something crazy." What are you talking about, Brian? He goes, "I don't know. Like if we all saw something just fucking insane happen, how crazy would that be? It'd be so fun." What are you talking about, Brian? He goes, "Like a fucking hand just." pops out of the fucking ground and it's like huge and it's just smashing shit i was like <laughs> are you what <laughs> and i'm like this is this is what brian thinks about at night <laughs> and then literally i saw him again like two weeks later and he goes i literally pray guys you don't understand i pray at night that i'm one day out with all my friends and something really fucking insane happens. Like, hopefully none of us gets hurt, and I hope it doesn't <laughs> happen like, me, but if something crazy happens, like, someone gets shot, I was like, dude, why are you putting that shit out there? I don't want to be around you if someone's getting shot up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I don't want to track that shit in to my area, but, man, I guess the lesson I took was People are fucking bored, you know? <laughs> They're just bored with their everyday life. They're bored with their business. They're bored with their work. They're bored with their girlfriend. They're bored with the fucking dog. They just want some crazy shit to happen. And How crazy would it be if a UFO just zipped and said, Hey, we're from the Andromeda galaxy. From planet XYZ492 wop." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... And they just, like, blow your fucking mind. Like, in an instant, everything you thought you knew has instantly changed. I think that would be crazy. But only if it's not, like, negative. You know what I'm
1: saying? Like, yeah. I don't want anybody
0: to die.
1: Yeah, I feel like, not to that extreme, but I've definitely been more open to, like, I just want to go out into, whether it's a haunted house or something, and just, like, explore. Mm. Like, I want to I want to see that. For I don't know. Maybe it's, it is just because I'm at home bored. But, like... I want to go do some, explore, see what happens, and just experience some shit.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, technically, we had a whole podcast about us talking about paranormal stuff. I feel like I would want to see another paranormal experience happen, but only for the sake of me verifying once again, hey, that happened, and I wasn't crazy when it
1: happened. Um, You weren't crazy.
0: Specifically, the one thing, oh, shit, I don't know if I told you about this. But um, the story I told on the, the episode where we went deep on paranormal stuff that has happened to us, like literally where I told uh, talked about that lady who was digging a hole and literally she pulled up a boy out of the hole and uh, and he brushed himself off. And then they both like looked at us instantly and we ran away. I was talking to my friend Bobby in Kansas when I went back about that. And mm. we were both so baked and drunk because we just played 18 holes drinking beers taking edibles, you know, and, um, it was vacation, you know? So what else are you going to do? And so I bring it up because apparently he had heard that episode where we were talking about it Mm. and I was like, yeah, man. Uh, so let's be real. Do you remember that shit happening? And he goes, man, I don't know. I guess I do kind of remember seeing a lady. I'm like, yo, I remember every detail about this and I've written like every time I got a writing uh, assignment, from middle school all the way through college, if it was creative writing and I could choose what I wanted to write about, I would recollect the details of that, almost to like see if my story stays consistent and try to keep my memory from eighth grade the same story as I tell today, right? And it's never changed, the story has never changed for me. And I don't know if you remember, but the only reason we went up and looked for that lady in the first place is because he said he had seen a lady laying down under ice when it was snowing and he was sledding over there. Yeah. So I thought he had made that up. And even to this day, I thought he was making that part up just to like. Sh- just just get fuck with you up. guys. Yeah. Well, he said a couple weeks ago and now we're 30 and we're not seven anymore. He's telling me, I don't know, man. I don't know what I remember. But I do remember there being snow. And I remember seeing a lady around snow. But when we went up there, it was not snow. It was like daytime. And so that was like the thing that got us to go up there. And um, yeah, that was crazy. And I don't think he remembers the boy, but even when I'm like, yo, how do you not remember this? As I started to tell him, tell it to him, I feel like I could see him, his mind kind of resisting it. Like maybe he's, he was so scarred emotionally that he suppressed it because I cannot explain. He sees a lady months before when there's snow and he claims she was laying under the ice because there was a Creek back there. And then we go there months later, we see a lady, her hair's everywhere, she looks like she's been sleeping outside because her her clothes are dirty, she's wearing a white blouse, she's digging a hole, we watch her dig a hole with a fucking big ass stick, not a shovel, a stick that was clearly picked up off the ground, the hole's ginormous, after she digs the hole, she reaches down, pulls a boy out of the hole, the boy gets up, brushes himself off, they pause after he brushes himself off and they go and snap their heads and look right at us. They had to have known one. We were there. I just feel like, I don't know what that was. Was that a ghost? Was it a figment of our imagination where we all shared the same delusion? Was it an alien? Was it a zombie? Was it a vampire? I don't know. Was it a dirty-ass mom with her dirty-ass son, both wearing 1,800 clothes? This kid was wearing like an, uh, I feel like he was wearing like an a, overall. The blouse? Oh, yeah, Maybe he was wearing a blouse.
1: Like no, the, the little feathery.
0: Yeah. I, it was like... Uh, like, it was, I think you said interview with a vampire, like kind of the blouses that they yeah. were wearing, you know? It was like white and it was like covered in dirt. But just the simple fact that she dug a hole and then pulled him out and he got up like it was no big deal. What if it was a mom and her son bearing a dog and he was down there sitting... I don't fucking know. I don't know. But that's some crazy shit, right? I want to see something like that again. Another thing is like... When I heard the voice, and the voice told me, hey, there's poison in that, in that glow stick. Don't fucking put that in your mouth. When I heard that, telepathically in my mind, or it was, it felt like it was whispered to me from right behind my head, but there was, it was like, I'm sitting in a room like this, and everybody's that way. Could it have been a ghost? Could it have been a guardian angel? Could it have been an alien who was disguised as a human, who was in the church congregation, who communicated that thought telepathically to my oh, head? Oh, shit. Oh shit. That's a possibility. I also lived right outside of Fort Leavenworth, and that's a big army military base. And that was around where that church was.
1: So if they're keeping aliens. I wonder if do you believe that they're they're living like with us out in society?
0: I don't know what I believe. Here's what I believe. I believe the government knows more than they're leading on. What blew my mind, I saw this on the document the show Unidentified. By, and is hosted by Luis Elizondo, who ran the UFO program called a tip for the Pentagon and he left the Pentagon he retired from that career um, because he wanted to start dic- disclosing this stuff. so now he works with Tom Delong from blink 182 and now he has that show unidentified and he is the reason why the Pentagon, Release the Tic Tac video, the Gimbal video, and the Go Fast video, the three UFO videos that the Navy pilots took. So he's the one who brought those out to public. I feel like he's not letting on how much the government knows, or because on that show, it seems like all he knows is these videos. And he's acting like he doesn't know if they're from outer space, he doesn't know if they're human, he doesn't know if they're Russian, he doesn't even know, he just says we can't explain these. And if we can't explain them, we got to make sure it's not a threat to the U.S., right? Okay, that's cool. I feel like the government knows more. I feel like he probably, let me restate this. I feel like either he knows more than he's leading on or he doesn't know anything and someone in the government knows and he's kind of like a face to be like, yeah, we don't know anything. Because he's acting like that's all they know is those three videos. But what also blew my mind is in his show he also talks about they went back to the people who were running the radars. The people who were on the fucking team of the pilots who got the videos and whatnot. And they tried to go back and get the videos and like the records and they were completely wiped. Like the the radar records and all that. All of them erased. And the people who run those machines every day who are, that's their job. They're like, that's not supposed to be possible that those files are gone. It's just not po- like, there's no way that they would not be there. And it was just like those files. Yeah. And he doesn't know where they went. So if he's the guy running the program, working for the UFO pro- the, the the Pentagon, and he doesn't even know where those went, then someone in the government knows where they went. And if those are truly disappeared and wiped from their files, then someone's trying to keep it a secret deep in the government. Someone who also has access to the fucking radar thing on the ship. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's the deep state.
0: That's the deep state? Is that what they call it?
1: That's what I'm calling it. I I don't know.
0: If that is a deep state and the deep state did wipe that, then the deep state does know something that we don't know. And they know something that Luis Elizondo doesn't know. And if they know something that we don't know, what are they trying to keep secret? That's where I'm at.
1: What are they convoluting? Yeah.
0: Well, Clark was trying to tell me. He went on a UFO tour. I I was telling you about this. And he said, in Sedona, you can go on UFO tours and this private tour guide will take you out. And you'll have these military grade binoculars that are night vision. And I had some night vision binoculars that I bought for 200 bucks at Walmart. They sucked ass. I couldn't tell the difference between a star and a fucking airplane that was right above me. They all look like blobs of light, but these military grade ones are not like digitized image, like the cheap ones. Like I had, um, they are infrared beams. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, I've heard Mike shower who was on my podcast. One of the first guests literally said, he told me he went on this and he saw some UFOs. Cause it's like, there's no, cause it's like a business. And if a business is going to be a business, then they got to guarantee that you're going to see something, or else you're going to want most people are going to want their money back, right? So uh, he went, and I was like, "Tell me you saw something. Like, you did you actually see something for a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or whatever?" Mike Shower said, "With these binoculars, you could see lights, you could see stars, you could see the satellites passing overhead, and you could see these fucking things zipping around like this, right?" And they say those are the UFOs. In my head, I'm like lights okay whatever cool i want to see something metallic i want to see a, a physical ship that i've never seen anything like that before a light is not going to do it for me but it's better than nothing and i was like okay i guess it's kind of cool it's kind of like if you go into a haunted house and you have a séance and like the table moves and who knows if the table actually moves because yeah. it goes. you know um clark goes literally like 2 weeks ago goes on a s- similar tour i don't know if it's the same lady or not And the whole time they're driving up to this place where they're going to observe these things, Um, she's telling Clark all these things that as he is telling it to me and as his girlfriend who was with him is telling it to me, it's blowing my mind because literally it's connecting a lot of dots on like random research that I've done. And when I say research, watching UFO
1: documentaries on Amazon Prime. I'm a researcher. (laughs) What's that that website that like, CIA.gov. Uh, no, 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 no. Where you get where you got like where you guys are subscribed to? Go.
0: Cool. Oh, Gaia. I'm Gaia. not subscribed to it.
1: I I was I did
0: a free trial, and the shit they were saying was too crazy for me to even entertain. Like, but I guess the further you go, you might start finding things that might start to support what they were saying there. But it's so insane to me that I was just like. I get the vibe that these guys are full of shit. And because it's all behind a paywall. So I don't know. To each his own, but I canceled my subscription because I was like, I'm not gonna waste my time watching this shit. Cause they get it's not just the UFO stuff. They have anything woo-woo that you can possibly think of on there. Like Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Like it's basically sold as like a spiritual Netflix. So it's like It's like Netflix, but it's super spiritual stuff. So law of attraction, quantum, quantum uh, physics. Yeah, anything that's very woo-woo on top of aliens and stuff. But a lot of the stuff on there is really interesting. And a lot of those people are researchers. But the stuff that I'm skeptical of is who's this motherfucker who I've never seen before. He looks like he's an actor who's getting off on this shit and literally saying the craziest shit. Like saying that when you die... You are a light being in your body and your light being gets zapped up to the moon, which is like a basically a jailhouse, a storehouse. uh, That's like an artificially intelligent satellite that kind of like brings you back to the source of the universe. What the fuck are you saying right now? Right. (laughs) Anyways, so uh, literally Clark goes on this and um, it was the same experience. Apparently they saw lights zipping around and those were the the ufos um but i don't know i would want to see it myself like something more
1: defined other than just a light zipping around
0: yeah like even brian's sighting i feel like brian which we talked about on the first episode that he was on uh it was like the second or third episode of this podcast ever literally i showed the clip of the ufo he saw because he got it on his phone and yes while it does look crazy and it looks like a light I have never seen before. They are concentric spheres, which within concentric spheres, shrinking and getting bigger and zipping around. Even that he even says, yeah, 20 minutes later, we were all talking about random things as if it never happened. And I feel like that alone is due to the fact that it was just a light in the sky. Like if it was an actual ship that they could all see. And maybe they saw the gray alien outline of a guy just standing there like this. Just looking out there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now that would be something that would be changing the conversation for the entire night. But lights in the sky don't do it for me.
1: Kind of like ghosts. Yeah, I guess so. Like if you see something just move, you can't, you know, it could just be a multitude of things versus seeing like an actual apparition. Someone clearly standing there. You look away and they're gone. I want to and- get Clark's girlfriend on here um, because
0: she says that she has seen an actual apparition, the same way that I have seen an actual apparition.
1: The Shadow Man is that the one you're talking about, or the or the the guy in the daycare that uh, had the raccoon yeah, well, hat? The guy in
0: the gate daycare, <laughs> yeah, the guy in the daycare um, with the raccoon hat. But also, yeah, the Shadow Man is a crazy crazy one too. But she says she has seen one, and um, I guess it would probably make more sense for Clark and her to come on the podcast at the same time. Cause I I only know her through Clark, but I would be interested to hear her experience with that kind of stuff. Cause she, I don't think wasn't as into UFOs and aliens until she started dating Clark. And then they went on the UFO, UFO tour. And after talking to this lady, she's all about it. Like she was, you know, those conversations where I'm trying to tell a story and then Kate, who maybe experienced the same story, cuts me off and she's like, no, 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 stop it. I'm going to tell it. (laughs) You remember when Kate does that shit? That's what Danny was doing to me with what this lady was saying about UFOs. So Clark wasn't even telling me this. And I was like, oh, if Danny is this amped up about it, then maybe there's something to it. Um, And then I, I think I brought up ghosts around her. I was like, hey, do you believe in ghosts? And she goes, yeah, I believe in ghosts. I've seen one. And that was like the second time she's seen it to me. And now I'm curious to hear the story. Um, but another thing that gets me is like, cause I asked Clark about this. I was like, all right, does this lady believe in Bigfoot? What else does she believe in? Cause I would believe her more if she was like saying, this is true. This is not true. This is true. This is not true. But if she's like, this is true and this is true and that's true and aliens and Bigfoot. Now I believe her a little bit less, but I guess I would have to experience it myself. You know what I'm saying? Unless
1: they're all true. What if they're all true, bro? (laughs) That's crazy. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Sasquatch? No. (laughs) Big man in the mountains? No. I believe... I don't believe
0: in Bigfoot. I have no reason to believe in Bigfoot. I believe in Bigfoot as much as I believe in the Loch Ness Monster, which I don't believe in. Because what is their evidence for the Loch Ness Monster? A log. One picture that looks like a log, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Bigfoot looks like a fucking man in a gorilla costume walking through the woods.
1: What if that was just someone's job? The government hired someone, just put on this giant at giant just ape costume and just walking around the woods, fucking with people. It was me. You heard it here <laughs> first.
0: I am Bigfoot. I'm I'm coming out officially, bro. <sighs> Weight off my chest. Anyways, <laughs> I, I kind of want to cut the episode here. <laughs> you know, um, this is one of those episodes where. Uh, we got guests coming on next week. And so we were just kind of coming on bullshitting. But uh, I want to stay consistent. And I want to constantly show up for you guys. And I know the way to to making this podcast, the great podcast I know it can be, is consistency And powering through There's gonna be days Just like today I don't feel like Going to the gym But I'm gonna to go To the gym Right after this Because I know It's gonna make me better If I just stick with it I keep showing up I keep showing up Every day Every day I'm consistent I will hit my fitness goals I will look sexy As fuck naked And that's the, the, the goal Here at the end of the day Who cares if Bigfoot And UFOs are real As long as my girlfriend Looks at my abs And goes I wanna fuck that man I'm good Right I'm good And so Uh uh, yeah, we showed up today. Uh, hopefully, people got some value out of it. Hopefully, people sat back, relaxed, and enjoyed some, themselves some R&R. But we got, what, what we got coming on, hopefully, in the next week or so, we got a guy who used to play professional soccer, who also is now in town as an entrepreneur, um, crushing it. And uh, he's going to be on the podcast. We got a uh, guy, Faraz Khan, coming back on because he just recently moved to Scottsdale. He'll be here. I'll try to talk... Clark is wanting to come on, and but I'm going to try to talk to him into bringing Danny on, too. And then we also, I'm trying to get Jay Mitch on, who's a rapper in town, who, uh, when you hear his song, he's not like the typical guy who goes, I'm a rapper, and you go, oh, God, not another one of these guys. You listen to his song, you go, holy oh, shit, this guy's a fucking rapper. Yeah. You know? So I'm looking forward to having him on, too. And also, I'm, I'm trying to work put in the work to get Travis Walton you know, make that first official podcast with Travis Walton. I don't know if he's ever done a podcast before, but I would love to pick his brain, and I'm also a good ger- judge of character, so I would love to also read him and see, does this man at least believe what he's saying? And do I think he's crazy? Is he the type of person who believes in all this other shit too? Or is he legitimately a guy who just got abducted by, by aliens? And, and guys, if you're listening to this, All two of you, all 20 of you, um, all 191, the last time I looked, of you, pretty soon that'll be 191,000, and then a million, and then 200, and and then 191, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) A third of the world's population. A million, trillion, billion people, yeah. Go out and look up on Amazon Prime, there's a, I think it's called Travis, is the name of the documentary, the stuff he says he saw on this flying saucer is creepy as fuck um i'll just leave it at that and hopefully we can finish the story when he comes on when i get him on i'll get him on anyways guys we'll see you guys next saturday for some more on relentless peace out peace